Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. It is Hump Day Wednesday. I'm Clarissa Montero on the phone. JP Ong, who just told me that little statement on the phone, will not be applying from next week. <laughs> True. Right. Starting next week, uh, I will be back in the studio to either grace you with my presence or pester you, depending on how you view me. There are two ways to look at a story, right? You know, some, bring chocolate, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I, I have been given my first orders. I'm not even in yet. You see that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> all right. So before the lunch break, it all looked pretty green across the region. The STI crossed past the uh, psychological 2600 mark. We were knocking at that door. Now we've crossed it. Are we still past it? Freddie Mercury is singing in my ear, don't stop me now because he's having such a good time. And that's kind of what the SGX and the Straits Times Index is doing today. But this could make, mark two, three straight days of very impressive gains. And remember last week, we were worried that the Straits Times Index probably would have trouble breaching 2,500. Well, guess what? Today, there's actually a shot of us even testing 2,700. That's how impressive the gains have been over the last three days. Wednesday finds the local benchmark, the Straits Times Index, up by about 2%, Clarissa. That's 52 points in the green and now trading at 2,663. And there are some hungry traders, voracious appetite on the floors today. There's about 1.3 billion Singapore dollars in total value turnover today. So everybody's uh, rushing in and everybody's looking quite exuberant, at least on the markets. They are fairly exuberant. You've got about 236 stocks, REITs, and trusts that are in the green 177 that are in the red. This also tracking what's going on across the region. Um, you're seeing the Nikkei 225 in Japan, the ASX 200 Australia, both up by more than 1% today. Uh, the Korean KOSPI, look at that jumping to the highest levels in about three months. And going from strength to strength in Seoul, uh, the South Korean KOSPI surging by 3.2% in today's session. Shanghai and Shenzhen posting matching 0.6% intraday gains. The Hang Seng also up by 1.5%. And, uh, it, and uh, some analysts have actually pointed out that the Hang Seng has now recouped all losses made since the new security law was be, was touted uh, at the National People's Congress just over a week, uh, about 10 days ago. They've already recouped all those losses, and they're, that, they're now back about 24,000. And the theme continues to be the gradual reopening of economies, the resumption of economic activity, and many investors in the markets are now believing that an economic recovery is going to be faster than we think. No less than Mark Mobius, who is one of the more notable emerging market investors in the world, told Bloomberg Television that he thinks he's seen from the markets that a V-shaped recovery is more possible now, especially given the the, uh, rebound and the resurgence in economic activity we've seen. A lot of this, though, will still depend on whether or not we get COVID-19 cases across the world uh, declining or the rate of new infections continues to decline. We get um, deaths from this uh, disease also under control. And that then will lead to more, uh, a, a more steady and more uh, sustainable reopening and gradual easing of some of these lockdown measures. Mind you also that the government here has said that this is going to be the main determinant as to whether or not we move from phase one. By the way, we're on the second day of phase one uh, easing of our circuit breaker measures. This is going to be the key determinant as to whether or not we're going to move from phase one to phase two, if and only if we start to see, we see con- infections continue to decline at a uh, at a significant and encouraging pace then we can probably get a step back to uh, more normal levels there are many who still believe that the that the uh, global economy is in for a recession this year and we're going to see a downturn we haven't seen in decades 
But a lot of investors are still forward facing and they're looking forward to when a recovery might happen. And more and more people are, are hedging their bet or putting their bets on the fact that it might actually be faster than expected. And then we're seeing the same thing here in, in the Singapore, the of uh, the straight times index, at least. Well, take a look at that now up by 2.1%. As we speak, they seem to be finding more and more juice every time they squeeze and, and positive juice of that 2,666 is where the local benchmark is setting today. I'm actually just wondering how much of this is all those traders finally being allowed out of their houses. <laughs> well, a lot of them could have done their trades actually from a home, but, and, but you know, you're right. This could be just a lot of these traders now getting back to work. You know, there's uh, you know, the, uh, whether or not you agree or whether you prefer working from home, there's something about getting into your groove when you're working at your particular station. There are certain habits. There is a certain comfort that you have there. And also when you're on the floor and when you're actually at your office, there are more colleagues. You can actually um, uh, throw your ideas against. You can actually start to start start um, looking at more information. There could be resources at the office that you just don't have at home. Um, maybe, you know, that, 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 that uh, might support your your hypothesis then, Mrs. Montero Benson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I found this very interesting, and I think a lot of people might as well. Non-resident deposits in Singapore jumped 44% uh, in April. And I'm going to ask, how much of this is because of so much of the uncertainty that the world is seeing? Well, according to the analysts and economists at CGS CIMB, it's a big reason why folks were bringing funds into Singapore during the month of April. So the data, according to the Monetary Authority of Singapore, shows that deposits from residents outside of Singapore, that means non-Singapore residents, non-Singapore citizens, jumped by 44%, and it's now at its highest level. There is about over $62.1 billion Singapore dollars from uh, external residents that have parked their funds here in Singapore. And, uh, and the, and the uh, analysts at CGSCIMB feel that this is because of uh, the perceived relative safety, safe haven status of Singapore and the stability in the banking space here. Andrea Chung, who's their analyst, said that this is because of the safe haven status of Singapore and the economic stability, even during uncertain and volatile times. There's also the uh, relative faith in Singapore's banking system, also the openness of the markets here as well. And also the, the the fact that some of the that the law that, that the banking laws here are still trusted for the most part by many. CIMB private bank economist Song Sing Wen also said that that these foreign currency deposits started to come in even during the second half of last year, and that was because if you remember last year, which seems like a long time ago, that's when the Hong Kong unrest actually started to pick up significantly and seemed to be picking up almost every uh, with each passing month. There were escalating tensions between the U.S. and China also from that trade war that have now started to resurface again as that blame game over the COVID-19 pandemic continues to intensify between Washington, D.C. and Beijing. And with these recessionary fears, a lot of individuals around the world and especially in the region are now thinking about, well, where, how, where can I save and where can I conserve my cash to make sure that it's protected but it's for the most part? And they feel that it's uh, probably best served if you keep it here in Singapore, at least from where, where um, the from the statistics that we're seeing from the MAS, a foreign currency deposits now staying at about the seven to eight billion dollar Singapore dollar range. So they're not just bringing their money here and converting it to SGD, but they're also bringing in a lot of their foreign currency deposits. And saying, you know what, my dollars, my yuan might be safer if I park it at a Singapore bank rather than a bank in my own domicile or where this home currency is being issued. Um, in fact, uh, this could also be one of the reasons why the Singapore dollar, which we've worried about weakening so much, 
seems to be finding its footing and finding a little bit of strength. The Singapore dollar actually today strengthening a little bit to one spot 39.74. So now it's below that one spot 40 handle. There is that. Um, there are also a lot of analysts who have also chimed in and said, you know, negative rates might not be a good idea for Singapore. It could actually be um, not as, uh, it won't bring as much upside to the economy, despite the fact that we're facing recessionary fears. And if rates here stay above negative um, for, for the most part, this will also provide some support and maybe even a floor for the Singapore per dollar. It also uh, entice more folks to perhaps like, keep their money and, and, and the part of their money out of Singaporean bank because while interest rates might be, le- might be minimal, the, the promise or the, uh, out, uh, an outlook that says that negative rates are unlikely here might encourage more folks to say, you know what, that's better than nothing and that's better than losing your money to a negative rate if it's in a bank somewhere else like the Japan or the, Euro- or the European Union. You know, we can't go on with Market View without actually turning our attention to the U.S. We're into eight, its eighth day of uh, unrest, protests, um, sometimes violence. And how is that affecting uh, the U.S. markets and what's going on with business there? Well, I think in the, well, the, it's very interesting because we talk about this disconnect right now between markets and what's happening on the ground. First, there was a disconnect between the possible economic uncertainty from the COVID-19 pandemic. Many investors choosing to look way ahead into the future and saying that, you know, a lot of the stimulus that's being uh, enacted will cushion us from possible market downturns. That's why you saw the, the, uh, the, um, the S&P 500, for one breached 3,000, and a lot of markets already recouping some of the losses they made since March. Um, and now you're seeing that the ongoing unrest and demonstrations that are intensifying in the U.S. and also creating the deep political divisions there. Well, it seems that markets have been, have been ignoring this for the most part. Take a look at U.S. futures. Um, Dow Jones futures right now, Clarissa, are up by 121 points. S&P 500 futures and NASDAQ futures also trading about about uh, about uh, 0.3% higher today. So there's still a lot of support, at least, for markets and the outlook out in, out in the U.S. But if these demonstrations begin to identify and we start to see social unrest start to mount in the United States, um, that could lead to an even bigger down, downturn in consumer sentiment. Keep in mind that the United States, first and foremost, their strongest economic engine is still consumer sentiment and consumer spending. These people are afraid to go out because they're afraid of violence on the streets. If people are afraid to go out and if businesses continue to stay shuttered now because they fear looting and vandalism for what, well, that could lead to a, a downturn, in, a, a downturn in, uh, in the U.S. consumers' sentiment and also could weigh on the, uh, on, on Ameri- on the American economy overall. So there's still a lot of this out there, but I think right now what's really the, the focus for many is the fact that that the, that the um, that there is a recovery down the road from the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether this is complicated by the ongoing protests in the U.S., that's going to be a big question on on uh, on many investors' minds. But as you see, the picture is very green across the world and even out in U.S. markets. And uh, last night, the all three major equity indices in Wall Street also closing higher. Seeing the Dow Jones index for one up by about one percent. All right. Now we've talked about the United Hampshire U.S. REIT. Uh, they've got property. Uh, they've got retail property in the U.S. Well, that's this is what's interesting. So yesterday we actually saw a an article where United Hampshire REIT said that they have collected about seventy seven percent of their rent payments for the month of May. But that led me to thinking: hmm, United Hampshire U.S. REIT, when they IPO'd here in Singapore, they said that their main uh, the main assets they have are these big retail features 
in the United States, particularly these properties that are anchored by supermarkets. Now, we know that some of the big retail stores in the United States have been targets of some of these looters and these small factions and small factions of violent, of, of, uh, violent uh, demonstrators, at least, that have been uh, tainting, at least, the uh, overall um, demonstrations out of the U.S. So we've seen, uh, we've seen uh, department stores looted. We've seen uh, electronic stores, Nikes. Uh, we've even seen uh, Planet Fitness being broken into in, uh, in, in Minneapolis, where people came in and started to work out. Um, so going back to United Hampshire, U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I took a look at where their um, properties were located in the U.S. and I there were and I, it was a very cursory look. I only had about 15 minutes to take a look, but they happened to have a Shoprite supermarket in Albany, New York, and as well as a strip mall operated in Greenville, North Carolina. Why is this important? When I looked at local news from these two particular cities, there were signs and actual incidents of unrest and violent protests, and protests that turned violent in both cities. Now the next question is: Well, what does that mean? Did they did was there, did looting occur in these cities during these violent protests? And uh, were any of these retail malls or, or these retail outlets targeted? Was some of, were some of the uh, properties that uh, United Hampshire were they actually affected as well? So I I posed the question to United Hampshire Read about this, and their investor relations group actually got back to me, and they say that they are closely monitoring the situation. And as of yesterday, they've noted that there has been no rioting at any of their assets across the United States, either in uh, either in Albany, New York, either in Greenville, North Carolina, or anywhere across their assets, which are mostly actually all on the eastern seaboard of the U.S. They are closely w- working closely with authorities to ensure that they have a safe environment and that the well-being of their tenants and shoppers are in are uh, are, are secured. And guaranteed. So at least these are, you know, this is uh, some comfort, at least for for some investors who uh, who might be worried about the assets that United Hampshire Reed is managing out in the United States. They say that none of them have been damaged or have been targeted by rioters so far, and they are working to make sure that it stays that way. United Hampshire Reed, their u- their units today trading flat at sixty and a half U.S. cents. Okay, that is interesting. It'll be interesting to also see if uh, they remain unscathed. Yes, I think that's the big question moving forward. Um, uh, you know, they do have a lot of property, actually about seven properties as well, out in New Jersey and uh, and a few properties out in Florida and also in Maryland. So um, just tracking and uh, and I think over the next couple of days that we will be looking at the development in these particular locales where they have property and make sure that, you know, it's and hope and fit, cross our fingers that it stays that way, not just because... It, it will damage United Hampshire East, uh, portfolio, but also because nobody wants to see more escalating violence uh, during these very uh, troubled and very tense times out in the U.S. This has been a market view on uh, Money FM 89.3. This is Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.